It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. We're in the Aviva Stadium. Connacht have just won a game. The atmosphere is still crackling ever so slightly as people finish off and people leave and I think the last Connacht player has left the field after quite a, a long... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people around the field. It was great to see. Jordan Duggan's still there. There you go. I knew there was somebody somewhere. Chatting to a few Ulster lads, probably some of his under-20 friends. Oh, it was great to see the Connacht players going to the minis. There was minis here from Corinthians, Monavay, Ballinrobe and Craig's and the players went down and they hand slapped them and they gave them everything I think those kids will never forget an amazing day in the, in the Aviva Stadium I can give you a perspective from one little town where all week the mammies and daddies of the Ballon Road rugby players were coming in telling me they're going to the Aviva Stadium they can't wait uh, they were just so excited about it so like again on the many things we'll be praising Connacht Rugby Inc if I can say it uh, is how they did that as well and be under no illusions everyone within the offices of Connacht Rugby that stuff matters in every corner of the province and in my little town they were very proud to be part of that today and sure look they'll never forget it Dave you're sceptical about whether it was right to move the game to the Aviva what do you think now? Well I was sceptical because I thought you're giving up home advantage Um, ultimately is it justified? Yes just we won the game we created an atmosphere I would love to come here when there's more than 9,000 people here because if that's the noise that 9,875 can make what do what do 20, 40 I think I think we need to, if it comes up again that we can get it in the same circumstances but with more notice and not on the bank holiday weekend we should grab it with both hands and if you're a comic fan Great. get here Great. get and here it's good that you and I are on this Dave because we talked in the midweek podcast and I'm a guest for a change in the podcast which is, which is interesting um, but like it's good that we're on here because both of us were like hmm 10,000 I'm not so sure you know and we were wondering if that was enough for it and look at if we lost you know, 20,000 and we lose, it's still a good decision to come here. 10,000 and we lose, maybe you can make a case for it not. But when that last try went in, Alan, like, to see the every single Connick fan on their feet and just roaring, I think some of the Ulster fans were roaring as that went in. Like, Hansen, what a superstar. <laughs> what a superstar he is. But the celebrations, and, and these are moments, sport is all about moments because ultimately everything gets lost in the ethers and you forget one season to the next. Remember when we won the Rainbow Cup and Raven have nearly forgotten that? That was only a few months ago. So, like, it's a moment that everyone in here will never forget. I think a lot of people watching on telly won't forget. And again, I get back to that Connick Inc. concept this has done wonders for the Connacht Rugby brand around the world this win I think so I think we also need to get back here as soon as we can because even Edinburgh wasn't as loud as today yeah and that was and that was loud and that was loud I'm looking at this from, a, from an engineering point engineering point of view I'm not really an engineer but I am I work for engineers and my, my family's got an engineering background and I'm going oh whoever designed this we, I hear you really got it right because I was I thought I looked at the crowd and thought it's deceptionally it was this it was much fuller than it looked at because yeah. I'm only saying half the ground. Right. But what I was really, really, really really, really surprised by was just that level of I was shocked. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, we're still buzzing, we're still flying here. Let's get the story of the game. Um with William Davis and me, Alan Deegan. I forgot to introduce myself, as I always do. Um, we've got the atmosphere as the game went on. And um, here's some commentary as well. Okay, William, it's a few minutes before kickoff. And here's the Connacht team being announced. Crowds are starting to come in. There's a bit of a buzz starting to happen. Yeah, look, it's, it's still... It's, it's, it's in no way a full Aviva Stadium, but there is a lot of noise here. People are hyped up. There's a lot of... 
younger children, I think, from rugby clubs. They've been making a lot of noise during the build-up, during the warm-up, uh, and I hope kind of give them something to cheer once they give kick, kicks off. Connick trying to move the ball behind a few forwards again. Brilliant lines of running. Niall Murray is away. He's going towards the line. He can reach out and try and score. Niall Murray has scored. That was a super crafted move from Connick. Just come up to 20 minutes. Connick leads 7-6. It's a good game, but Connick are on the wrong side of the ref already. Yeah, seven penalties to three. They've been warned for back chat. Um, hasn't reached the levels of last week, Alan. This is It's a bit half-paced at times. Both sides are at- trying to attack from deep. Um, fair bit of inaccuracy, but Connick scored a lovely try through Niall Murray. But they are struggling. Their line-out has been caught a couple of times. Uh, they give away a penalty again off another restart where they just could not get the ball sorted after having collected inside their own 22. Teams really fancy going at Connacht on restarts. Someone they got to fix. Offensive scrum here now for Connacht. Um, need to get back up the field again. They haven't really been in the Ulster 22, but just it, it's a simmering game. The crowd are trying to get into it. Uh, hopefully it picks up a little bit here in the second part of the first half. Ulster ball inside their own half the field. They're a bit slow on possession. They've thrown it to Mac Hansen. An interception. Hansen's pace should be enough. He's going for the line. He scores. Connick's second try in the game. What a giveaway from Ulster. What a moment in the contest. Billy Burns has made a huge mistake. And Mac Hansen has once again, once again pounced. Well, that was an exciting 20 minutes. Yeah, exciting 20 minutes, two yellow cards, the temperature went up, the intensity went up, that's what we're looking for. Connacht are holding their own here, they're doing well, they've got to stop the penalties and they've got to sort out their line-out. They've uh, had a couple of opportunities, tagging line-outs, they haven't turned them, but another really decent try by Mac Hansen. They've done a good job, it's now a case of follow-up. They're going to have a slight advantage for about three or four minutes in the second half because of the yellow cards, the way they fell, so... They're going to come out wound up, Ulster. Connick has got to be ready for them, but they've, they've done well there. They upped the pace and they upped the accuracy. Connick get a steady scrum at the base, popping away. Jared Butler in the number eight position, gives it to Marmion. Lots of switch moves to come to Hansen off the hands of Cardi. Here comes a chance for Connor Fitzgerald. Gets it out the porch, goes around the side, scores in the corner. That's an outstanding try off the back of a scrum. Connick 22, Ulster 6. Just gone 60 minutes and John Porch has scored the try. I predicted he would score. <laughs> And Connacht are well on top. Yeah, they are now. It's been a very scrappy second half. A lot of substitutions on both sides. Uh, I think both benches completely cleared. That's made it a little bit messy and inconsistent, but that's the try. Ulster haven't offered a lot, but they were still there at 17-6. The crowd have really got into this since it's half-time. It's got dark. They're, the passions are rising a little bit. It's, it's got a good buzz to it. Oh, it's an intercept by Connacht in the centre of the field. They've got the ball. German Kilgallen. He's going to go all the way. And he's going to score underneath the post for the bonus point try. The Kildare man on his third appearance for Connacht has a memory he will cherish. What a score. What a moment. And Connacht have the bonus point. And Connacht pushing for that last try. Didn't get the chance. They're over the top of the ball. They've got the turnover, Connacht. It's a blade, I think it was. It comes out. Mac Hansen bursts away from the side of the rock. And Mac Hansen is going to go all the way in for a try. And crown a brilliant night in the Aviva Stadium. Everyone is on their feet. He belts the ball into the upper tier of this stadium. And Connacht are celebrating an enormous performance. A huge win. What a win. 34, maybe 36-11. 
Yeah, um, well worth the win. By far the better team by the end. They came through a sticky, messy first 20 minutes of the second half and then they've just turned the screw. Great work. Conor Oliver's had a mighty game and Mac Hansen with his second try. That white uh, scrum cap now becoming quite familiar. His mate John Porch got another one uh, for the bonus point that we talked about at the 60-minute mark. And this is an opportunity now. Hopefully this will go to 36. Jack has had a penalty miss that he'd be a little bit disappointed with, but a good, solid, all-round performance by Connacht here tonight. And I'd have to say... There's only 9,000, nearly 10,000 people in here. It sounds like a hell of a lot more. This has been a really, really enjoyable evening. You hear the cheer, you know what's happened. Carty's nailed it. 36-11. That's what Connacht needed. The real pity is they're now going on holidays. Not all of them, some of them going to Ireland. But it would be nice if they were... Because I think they, they could kick on from here. As it is, they've got to be ready to go again at the end of November against the Ospreys at home. But this has been a worthwhile performance tonight. Thoroughly enjoyed it. OK, so we're back. Before we hear any voices in the press conference, we're going to finish out this section of the podcast because we're going to break it up a little bit because Rob has to rush off. Um, and we're going to get here from um, William and Lindley in a few minutes. But Rob, your, your final thoughts, you were commentating on that. It sounded great, as always. Ah, oh, you're very good to say that. But uh, either way, um, it was fun. I enjoyed it, that's for sure. Um, you know what? I was a little bit nervous at 17-6 on 56 minutes because we didn't take our chances, lads. And I was like, Ulster have had most of the ball in Churchill in the first half. Are they going to get back at it? Why didn't they get back at it? I think it's because every time they got a whiff, someone like Owen Masterson, who had a brilliant game, by the way, we didn't mention him enough, but he was superb. Paul Boyle, who had an outstanding game. Or Conor Oliver, who we won't stop talking about now, because, wow, we knew we had a lot of pedigree. We knew we had lots of fire. Probably too many penalties last season. Didn't seem very, very happy. He said to William a couple of weeks ago, just feel like I know... I, I'm trying to paraphrase what he said, but there was something along the lines of just a little bit more freedom to play his own game. I think that's a fair way of paraphrasing what he said. And I can see that. And that is brilliant. And I can see it in other players too. I can see it in the young players. Did you see Greg McGrath last week against Munster come off the bench and anchor down a scrum underneath the post? OK, we didn't win the game. But like we were like, oh my God, is this a good idea? I, I think whatever they're doing with the forwards, the mall defence against tonight, again tonight, leaving aside the one blip. That was our first mall defence try we've given away this season, Correct. I believe. I mean, he'll be fixed on that, but I'm almost sure that's the first time we've done that all season. Yeah. And Ulster have scored quite a lot. I think Danny mm. had some stat on that during the week about their mall, mauling. I absolutely with you. That moment on, you come out of 60 minutes and you're thinking, it's, it, we have owned the we, we butchered. I mean, the fact that it ends up being a 25 point victory is both justifiable and actually you're thinking, we left seven points off the tee. We butchered, I don't know how many tries in both the first half and second half. We should have probably, I mean... And, but Ulster, Ulster had about six visits to our 22 in the entire match where they yeah. came away with a try and two penalties. Yeah. But there was probably, I would argue there was another five that they got nothing. Indeed, and it was alternative. What, a, um, what, a, what an odd game, what a great game. I, I, as I said, Ulster are a team that baffled me. And still on, they've, got 16, they've got 16 points out of a possible 20... Uh, uh, yeah, they've got 16 points... No, no. They had the 20, they've had 20 points out of a possible 25. That's a pretty good return. They're going to be satisfied that's, after that. That's why there's still a smile on Dan McFerrin's yeah. face on the camera. But, but, there, yeah. but, wow, but I mean, I, 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 what I can't believe, what I can't believe, and this, we need, I, I, I thought our Ulster was shambolic towards yeah. the end. Of, I thought it was utterly shambolic. And I thought, I, I was very, str- the first minute I thought, this is a bit strange from Ulster, it was. They have a very good under-20 winger, uh, Ben Moxham on the bench. Wing, it's where he plays. He couldn't play, possibly play fullback. 
I was surprised it wasn't Ethan McElroy who went who was down because Ethan McElroy had been out sprinted for the kick the fifty twenty and Porch had caught up with him and I knew McElroy appeared to be limping. But then Gilroy goes off and they bring on Michael Larry, who is a fullback possibly. He's not a winger and he's he missed a tackle, didn't he, for yeah. one of the tries. Come here, can we finish this yeah. before we go down to sorry Alan, I'm taking over. No. That's what I do. I don't I don't know how to be a guest. Um, but before we go down to the gang, like I just want to ask you and I ask you, Alan, like Jeremy Kilgallen, that pass he gave out to Hansen at one stage, his intercept try. Have we just got another back coming through now that we'd just like to see more? Like, even when you think Peter Sullivan, Alex Wooten, they're not in the squad at the moment, and there are times when they've blown our mind. Conor Fitzgerald coming from fullback. You know, all right, a few things didn't go right for him, but he's so lively and so creative, and he got the assist. And oh, I have so many just thoughts in my head right now because John Porch's uh, step and acceleration through the tiniest of gaps between him and the touchline and the player. So many good things, but Kilgallen, wow. Yeah, just goes to show that, that the academy's working. The academy's working very well in Connacht. We don't have as many players as the other provinces, but the ones we do have, we're doing a pretty good job with because you've got Oshin Dowling coming off the bench um, and having another major impact on the game. I, he's, he's one of my favourite players out there at the moment. There's a real dog about him. His line-out defence is incredible. Dave, what do you think of Sammy Arnold? Because like, Oh, Sammy was intense. I think Sammy... Sammy has, has, was, was very angry last year and he wasn't always channeling it in the right way. I think he's, he, there is a, as I said to you guys, I'm going to say, there is a story about Sammy Arnold and what has happened to him in the other, in the other provinces that I'd love to know about. And we don't know it. I'd love to sit down with him, possibly over a pint, if it ever is allowed to happen. Off and, the record. Off the record. Maybe we could give it to our executive. Sammy, remember, remember, it's not just the other provinces. He also left Harlequins because they want him to be a scrum half and he didn't want to be a scrum half, which is so, why he ended so up in Ulster. if you're listening, Give me a call. Points. points, we'll sit down, Understood. and it will be completely between the two of us. But I think it's a great story. But it was, there was times last year when the anger and his feeling, "I've got a point to prove," it sometimes overboiled. Tonight it was channeled aggression in the right way. He was up against Stu McCluskey. Now Stu McCluskey is a very big man who runs very hard, very quickly at you. I wouldn't want to face him. And the two boys, Tom and uh, Tom, Tom and and Sammy and Jack to a degree. Jack as well stood up to Stu and they eventually they, null, they nullified it because suddenly also going hold on this is our one thing that we do we can't do it oh god we've got to go back to the forwards and the forwards just, that's the worst the forwards have played this season I've seen them the last four times that's the worst they've played but they weren't let I was about to say the reason that what they weren't weren't any good is because our forwards our front five I know the back row we've mentioned but all our whole front five were excellent tight and we really have something I'm special in that pack because I wanted one last thing to say that I've just remembered Niall Murray's first half try wow exactly exactly awesome. okay. by, the, by the way Niall if you're kicking to the wings to the wings now <laughs> exactly exactly okay Let's hear what was said at the press conference. Play 2-1-2 at the Aviva against Ulster. How, does the, how, how is the celebrations going in the dressing room? Listen, the, the blacks are happy. We needed that. You know, we... we uh, it's, it's been a, an interesting five weeks, we'll say that. We just said before the game we, we'd done a bit of learning. Uh, in those five weeks, the first game, you know, we learned how we needed to stay in the fight better. Second game, we learned that when we're brave and when we play fast we can we can hurt teams third game we threw in the bin fourth game we learnt that if we're better at our own stuff we can we can we can beat some of the best teams in Europe and then it came down to this game where we said well let's let's try and put that together so the blokes we weren't perfect tonight either let me tell you but um, but to have a scoreline like, like that against an Ulster team that was yet to be defeated before tonight is, is pretty pleasing Looking at last week was a very difficult night there was a lot of controversy about it but there was a grim determination about Connacht today they they hit the ground running and 
they were pretty much you were pretty much in charge right through, but it still took the last twenty minutes to put it to bed. Yeah, and that may be the way it goes for us. Like, you know, our style is a style that um, possibly will just wear teams down in the last 15, 20 minutes, and, and that's maybe when the floodgates open. I'm not sure yet, and, and none of us are sure, to be honest with you, because we're still flirting with it. But um, you know, what was pleasing was uh, I, I thought at half time we were frustrated because we'd given away 11 penalties and we'd given so many pressure releases. Uh, we couldn't look after the footy, yet we were still... 17-6 up. So, and we just said, listen, if we can, if we can keep the pressure on, the floodgates will open. And and I thought the way we started that second half, 22 minutes into the second half, we hadn't given away a penalty. We'd scored two more tries. We got a little bit loose in that last probably 15-20 minutes. Um, but then to finish with with Max scoring his second, that that was a nice way to top it off. Connor Oliver was was man of the match. He's probably in my view, the most improved player that I've seen in a Connacht jersey this season. He was particularly effective today. Uh, he seems to have grown into his role, having maybe struggled a little bit last season. Uh, he, he was brilliant. I, I actually said at half-time, I said, I actually singled him out. I said, fellas, if we've got 14 more Connor Olivers, we win this game of football. Um, because he was just everywhere. And everything he does, he does with such intent and such desire and such energy and, and effectiveness. So... Yeah, I thought he I thought he was brilliant, but but he had a few blokes that, that sort of followed him in that certainly in that second half. Um, yeah, it's great seeing him do that because you know, when we picked him up from Munster, uh, you know, he he I think he was still trying to find his form and try and find what what he was about. Um, but you watch him this year, and he's he's got real belief, uh, and he's dragging blokes with him, which is good. I'm just wondering now. You you're, have this break. I think. Would Would you prefer to be playing again now next week? Would that s- suit better? Uh, we probably need the break, William. Um, and I'm actually quite comfy with the fact that uh, you know these blokes will come back and we'll be okay again. We, it's a massive block. This next block, though, we start with the Ospreys and then we head into 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 Leinster and, and Europe and and so on and so forth. So it's going to be a full on block. So I actually think. If we were playing next week, I'd be sweet, but we're not. So, as I said to the blokes in there, go and enjoy a break. Come back. We've got a, a decent four-week block to, or three-week block just to cement the learnings that we've had. There's nothing new coming from Connett. There's just us being better at what we do, and, and, uh, and hopefully we'll see that in the next block. Mac, you're scoring tries for fun too again this evening. Um, you must be enjoying it, in, well, in Galway, but uh, also in the jersey. Yeah, well, you know, being on the wing, it's it's ideal to score tries. So um, the guys inside me are just creating the space for me, and um, yeah, it's nice just finishing off a couple of tries. The intensity of these last two games have they come as a bit of a surprise to you? The 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 pressure that's on Interpro Rugby that it's it's a it's a big lift. Yeah, I could I could definitely uh, you can definitely feel um, a bit of animosity, I guess, between the teams, like uh, compared to. Say when we're playing Cardiff, um, obviously every game's going to be very intense, and you're going out there to to absolutely bash the other team. But uh, yeah, when it comes to this Irish team, I guess uh, everyone's playing for those jerseys and everything, and it just intensifies it that extra little bit. And you're looking for you, you've you've got this break coming up now. I mean, you you've been playing rugby earlier on this season. What will you be looking to do in that? Uh, we got a couple of days off, so I'll just I'll just enjoy that to be honest, and then. Um, when we come back, it's, it's time to go back to work pretty much. So 
uh, looking forward to that that little block and and just fine tuning everything. Dan, when when we spoke uh, during the week there, we discussed the fact that Connacht had had an inter pro game last uh, Saturday, which might have toughened them up a bit. Do you think that was part of the response and part of the way that Ulster maybe not quite at that pitch? I, I may maybe, but I think I think we're reaching there. You know, I think the. You know the bottom line is we 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 had to deal with Glasgow at the breakdown in in the first game where where Rory Darge I thought was was excellent as well and you know we managed to sort the tempo and and the game line side of the game out in in that game and we didn't in this and you know we, we, with the, with the intercept we ended up at, at whatever it was 17-6 at half time um, and then just that that third quarter. Um, you know, we just didn't. We simply didn't get a chance to put it right in there because you know, we made we made errors as soon as we we had the chance to flip the field and, and allow them straight back into the game. And and sooner or later, you know, when you're defending in, in your third, um, you know, a side like Connor will end up scoring against you. And as I say, it's two intercepts and the final try, which um, you know the, the the breakout was. You know, it, uh, it, it sort of put the nail in the coffin for, for, for us. You're going into a break now on four and one. It's it's still a, a good place to be, you know, at this stage of the season. And I know tonight won't be part of that, but there's four solid performances there and there's much to build on. Yeah, I, I, I suppose you, you, you could argue that the in in chunks of those games, we showed the, the, the kind of... Um, Ability to turn the ball over when we have it in attack that that, that cost us tonight. Um, you know the you know Connor were more ruthless in exploiting that, um, and uh, you know to go. Is it is it a good place to be? Oh, to be honest, I, I can't think about that now. I'm just interested in performance. You know, if, if we get our performances right, we'll be where we'll be, and you know that that wasn't that wasn't good enough to to win a game at all. You know, and you know they were the better team um, tonight, and it hurts. You know, it uh, it hurts. Unfortunately, we don't have a game next week, which is really <laughs> really frustrating. But you know, we'll we'll. we'll you know, we'll go away, and the the internationals are on. You know, we've got seven players in those in in, in that squad, and you know we'll enjoy watching them. Uh, hopefully, get some game time over the next four weeks, and you know we'll get our heads down and 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 work on what we need to and what we've planned to do. Okay, that were they were the voices of um, our new superstar Mac Hansen, who scored two tries tonight. Andy Friend and um, Dan McFarland. I've got William Davis and Lindy McKenzie with me now. Apparently, William, because I, I, we just did a little sort of the, our mini pod and I said to Dave as we came in, we arrived down into this area, into the press room or press conference room and Dan had just arrived in and he looked relatively happy. But <laughs> I don't think he was by the end. No, I suspect it's, you know, it's, he's, he's a deep thinker and he's thinking about that game and he's obviously got concerns there that he's seen with Ulster in the past uh, he's made a point saying we don't play well in games that we're favourites he doesn't understand this and he complimented Connacht he said they were just better Connor Oliver took us apart at the breakdown we couldn't cope with it and yeah I think you know he was just it was a bit of a free flow sort of conversation mostly for the uh, embargoed section for the news press but they were just yeah, he knows that the, if you want to be at the top level, 
you've got to, you can lose a game like that, but you you don't want to lose it in the way that you make errors and you because Connacht put you under pressure and you don't have the answers. Mm. And he thought at half time they could correct it, but he said the second half was worse. So it was, that's a compliment to Connacht, and that's the point he was trying to make. I think that. You know, in isolation, the comments might sound a bit disrespectful, but actually they're not. They're about the fact that when they were put under pressure and, you know, he came back to me as well, because in the week he'd said uh, they hadn't... Connacht had an Inter-Pro last week. Mm. Uh, Ulster haven't. And he'd love a game next week uh, to sort of get back on the track and sort the problems out, whereas I think Andy Friend's response to that was... Um, no, we need to go away now and, and regroup a bit. We've got our two wins. It's not enough. There's a lot of things to fix. Uh, I, I, that was far from a perfect... Oh, yeah. But the point is, if you can do that and score five tries, um, that must give you a fill-up. It certainly does. Lindy, were you as worried as I know William was on about 56, 57 minutes just before the John Porch try? Now, I have to say, I was standing there going, we're still winning all the contacts. We're still winning the main bits of the game. And we'd heard so much about Nathan Doak during the week, but I didn't see him as a threat, which was allowing, which I think was part of why Conor Oliver was able to do so much, because there was no threat at nine. Um, were, you as, were you as worried as William? I was more worried in the opening 25 minutes, quite frankly, because I thought Connacht were pretty poor in that opening 25 minutes, and it took them that amount of time, despite the fact that they did score at the opening try, I think it took them that amount of time to actually realise, hey, listen, fellas, we're actually we're actually not too bad here. We're not doing too badly. And whatever as well was said at half-time, it certainly worked. I think once... I. I don't really know. I can understand where Dan McFarland is coming from because that's not really quite the response you would have expected, particularly in the second half. They almost collapsed in mm. the second half. And it's not the response you would expect from Ulster. I just think it was one of those games where Connacht, once they, once they took that lead, they had, they had that game by the throat. They, they really did own the Aviva Stadium. And I think with a lot of the... I'm sure that there was a lot of criticism earlier in the week about the move to the Aviva. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, only thing, the only thing about that was you knew they were going to get more people than they'd be able to get in the sports ground. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew it was, it was offering Connacht fans an experience to come to the Aviva that they might not otherwise. The big thing was that they were giving up that atmosphere at the sports ground. Well... Just goes to show, doesn't it, that you can actually do your winning by, by, by playing well. And they really did, and I'm sure that was used as well. You know, let's give these Connacht fans who have come all the way up, you know, from, from, from Galway or wherever the rest of the province, Westport, Mayo, you know, let's give them something to cheer about for making this effort to come up. And they really did own it. And I think they just got better as the game went on. They just seemed to, they just seemed to thrive, you know, as as a team and gel, you know, and every time there was a turnover, the likes of Connor Oliver um, or whoever, they, they just seemed to thrive and actually get better for it. And the big thing about that is, you know, as always, you know, it's it, we, there's now two wins from five. They needed it desperately. Maybe their need was more than maybe psychologically, no matter what Dan McFarlane might say, you know, maybe his team did think that, hey, listen, we're going to the Aviva and we've got Connacht who have only won one match. I don't know what the psychology of the, you know, their team, obviously Dan McFarlane will have to analyse that as well. But at the end of the day, Connacht got, the, two point, got the, the win. They've got their two wins. They desperately needed it. Now they have a month to rest. And I, you know, most people would think that you should, you should 
just get straight back on the horse and get out there while you've got that momentum. You know, Andy Friend's obviously looking at it a different way. He's probably looking, saying, well, actually, he said there's probably quite a few work-ons that we can do. They probably do need a rest, you know, and so we'll see what happens when we when we restart. We certainly will. And one of the things that also grew into the game and got better as the, as it went on was the noise of the crowd. Because at the start, you had the all the minis from Ballinrobe and Craigs and Corinthians and Monavay. And you could hear you could hear them quite a lot, especially when the, when Ulster came out and there was a group of them down at the at the Lansdowne Road end, and the kids gave them awful abuse. It was great fun listening to them, and they were very vocal at the start of the game. And the rest of the crowd were okay, but at the end, by the end, you couldn't hear the kids because the Connacht crowd had really lifted, and it just even I don't think it was as loud as as even Murrayfield. And we had a lot of people in Murrayfield. Maybe it's the acoustics of the stadium, as Dave said mm-hmm. at one point. Okay, I'll tell you what. We're tired. We've a long way to go. William is driving. Um, so we're going to finish this off here, but we will have another couple of podcasts during the week. Um, we'll have our question and answers. If you want to fire off questions, you can email us at craigrugby at gmail.com or if you want to send us to our Twitter account at craigrugbypod or if you even want to get us on Instagram, craigrugby on Instagram. We're even there now. Wow. So, and we're on Facebook still. I'm not sure I'm not big a fan of Facebook, but we're still there. Um, so, yeah, let's leave this auditorium that we're in in the, the bowels of the Aviva Stadium and enjoy a nice trip home. Hopefully the traffic will be all gone, William. Oh, hopefully, yeah, should be good. Nice facility. We've got a nice welcome here today, very helpful. Uh, everything worked out very well for us. And uh, thanks to our two media officers, Robin from Ulster and Stephen from Connacht. Absolutely. What a way to finish. Thank you, William. Bye, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out, or nothing changes. Side, 